resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Jesus fucking Christ. I just coughed up a demon. Hello, sluts, hookers, prostitutes. I have a story about a fucking prostitute that I just heard about this week, but due to legal reasons and ethics, I can't tell you. But it was a good one. Wait, let me open my drink. Hold on. Spill it on any of my equipment. If you are listening, grab a drink. I wish I could set the scene for you right now. It's so nice. I'm sitting in my car because that is my office when I do solo episodes. <laughs> we are not going to a studio for solo episodes. That is for interviews only. But it is so nice. I'm sitting in my car. I had the windows open. I had to close them because I live by the water. So at the end of my street is the bay. And it is such a beautiful like breeze tonight. It's cool and perfect weather for shorts and a hoodie, which is my favorite summer nighttime attire. The moon is full, I think, would, would which would explain why everyone's so fucking crazy. Um, it looks pretty full and bright, and it's just so nice out with the trees and like minimal street lights. It's such a good scene, and I'm in such a fucking mood tonight, so I really needed it. I swear, sometimes when I'm like going through it, which we'll get into because I'm kind of like going through it this week. It really is so nice to just sit down and like throw the headphones on and talk to you guys. Like it feels like I'm talking to my friends, you know? <laughs> it's nice to just sit down and have a conversation and get it all out with everyone and whatever everyone else is dealing with. Maybe there's something in whatever I say in certain episodes that are more serious that you might be going through and sometimes people message me that and that makes me feel really good. Um, so it's always good to sit down and just kind of reflect and have you guys join in on it. So it is 2.30 in the morning here on Monday night. My fucking schedule has been insane this week. I was at the Great South Bay Festival on Friday, which we're going to get into. And right before that, I was in AC, which you heard about on last week's episode. And then this week, I took off Thursday and Friday because I'm going to Philadelphia to finally see the weekend with my brother, and you guys are going to come along on that trip. So because I took off Thursday and Friday, my usual Monday and Tuesday days off where I record and I edit and I do all the stuff, I decided to pick up extra shifts since I've been missing out on so much work. So now I'm sitting here at 2.30 in the morning recording this, and then I'm going to go edit as much as I can before my fucking eyes close, and I'm going to have to finish the rest of that tomorrow before work so I can get this episode up and going on Wednesday because I will not miss a fucking Wednesday. Not with how many of you have been texting me and sending me DMs on Instagram and leaving comments on Wednesday fucking night or Thursday morning about the episode the amount of people who like listen to the episode now on Wednesdays it's like becoming part of their routine is so exciting for me to hear and see I'm like so appreciative and so thankful that everyone is so invested in this bullshit that I'm doing so first order of business is a shout out I told Samantha that I would shout her out last week because she was responding to my Instagram story saying that she couldn't wait for all the stories on that week's episode when I was in AC and I told her I would shout her out and I forgot because I was so invested in fucking creepy Asian Jesus Steve Aoki 
So shout out to Samantha, who is Sam and Cam143 on Instagram. I'm looking at her Instagram because I just finally followed her back today. Maybe Cam is her boyfriend, her man's. Oh, oh, is it her child? Is this her child? This is a grown ass fucking child. This girl is like 10 or 12. How old are you, Sam? You look like you're fucking 14 years old. That is one hot mom. Holy shit. What the fuck? That's crazy. She has a literal 9 to 12 year old child and she looks like she's 14. What a sexy mom. Good for you, bitch. So shout out to Sam, who's always responding to my stories about the show. <laughs> I totally forgot about that last week because I was so invested in the story. Sorry, bitch. Wait, let me take a sip of my drink. I need it. If it's nighttime, that's what I was trying to say. If it's nighttime while you're listening to this, please grab a drink. Grab a coffee, grab a drink, grab grab something and sit the fuck down and, and just have a moment with me because I'm having a fucking moment and I need to talk to somebody about it. So you guys are it. All right. So I feel like I've been kind of going through it this week. I feel like that's been happening maybe like the past month or two. And for reasons I'm not ready to talk about just yet because I'm not a hundred percent on the gravity and finality. Finality is that this is my second drink <laughs> of the situation. So I don't know. I feel like even before all the shit that's gone on this week, I just am like lightly depressed do you know do you know what I mean like it's not in the forefront it's in the background it's not on the front burner the big one where you make the real shit it's like the back where you simmer it's smaller you know it's in like a hidden layer on photoshop where you can kind of see it I don't know anything about photoshop I've tried to use it twice and I can't fucking figure it out so I don't know what I'm talking about so if there's anybody listening who's a fucking graphic designer or photoshop expert like don't come for me don't come at me on that shit I have no knowledge of Photoshop, but I feel like I've been fine with like a hint of something wrong and I like just can't figure out what it is. You know, I've been feeling down about certain things while I'm feeling up about others. So I'm really excited and happy with the progress I've made with this show, right? Like I have so many things I've done already and so many things coming up and like I'm proud of myself. I'm excited. I'm working so hard to like make this great and exactly what I want and honestly like when I'm finished with all the things that I have ahead and planned, obviously that's not the end, but when I get to like that mark of completing all the things I have coming up, I'll be so far ahead in the first six months of this sh this show than where I thought I would be in the first year, you know? So like that's exciting and I'm working towards my goals. I have like a six month goal. I have like a goal for the first year as well of where I want to be and what I want to get to. Again, not going to fucking tell you that, you nosy bitches, but I'm like full steam ahead working towards that goal. And every time I accomplish something or I make a new connection that's really useful, um, or I schedule an interview like the ones I have coming up that are really fucking great and really huge. It makes me excited. It makes me feel like I'm making the progress I was hoping for. But I still feel down sometimes because I'm working my same fucking piece of shit asshole restaurant job that I can't stand that's making me miserable, limiting me and holding me back. So I have to remind myself like... I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm steadily moving towards it. I'm making so much progress so quickly that, like, who knows where I'll be in a year from now. I didn't think I would be where I am now with the things that I've done with this show 
and am going to do in the next few weeks, few months, I didn't think I would be here at this point. So where am I going to be in another year from now? You know, like how many of those goals will I knock off by that time? I'm just waiting for the point where this becomes what supports me financially. And with the specific goals that I have ahead and the plans that I have to get there, I know that's going to happen. It's just going to take some time. It's not going to happen right now. So I'm looking forward to and sometimes frustrated about the fact that right now I have to kind of kill myself to get everything done. I have to work my stupid fucking job that I hate to pay the bills and do whatever. And I have to find holes in my schedules and my free time to make all this other stuff work. And I keep thinking about, if this is what I did full time, if I had all seven days of my week to do this, 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 and this, including but not limited to this show, I could get so much more done and be even further ahead than I am now quicker. And that's my thing. Like I feel like I've waited so long to feel like I'm in the right place doing the right thing, which is how I feel now, that I just want it all to fucking happen right this second. And rationally, I know that that's not the way it works. And I'm comfortable with the long game. And everything I do and every move I make is plotted and planned and thought out. And I'm comfortable with that. But I also have these moments where like, I think to myself, I just want to fucking get to this point, this specific point, And then whatever happens after that, I'll throw it up to the air and however it goes, it goes. But I just want to get to this specific point so I can really be focused even more so than I am now. And it's just not right now (laughs) as much as I want it to be. But I'm also realizing that you have to like take time and stop and enjoy the journey as fucking gay as that sounds. But like when I look back on starting the original show and then when I like pivoted and restarted, like that feels like... 5,000 years ago and it's really only been a couple months like what is this going to be this will maybe be the 17th episode I believe of the new show plus like the six that we had of the mousetrap so I'm I've only been doing this since the uh, February I think it was February when I started so like I have to realize that it hasn't been as much time as it feels like because now it feels like this is just what I do and I've been doing this forever but when I really look back and think about it it's only been a few months you know so sometimes I have to kind of pump the brakes take a fucking second remind myself that this is just the beginning and really appreciate the ride I'm taking you know like I do that often but I'm trying to do it more I'm really trying to stop and be like wow I had fucking Fifi Dobson on my podcast, a literal episode one, with no business interviewing someone at that level, with no fucking episodes out. I pulled that off myself. I did that just by taking a fucking chance and knowing who to talk to, what to say, and how to go about it. I fucking did that for myself, you know? So, like, every time something like that happens, which has happened a few times since, and it's going to happen a few more times in the next few weeks, I have to stop and be like, this is all part of the process. This is all part of the path that I'm taking. I knew it wasn't going to be quick or fucking easy, but I'm doing it anyway. So appreciating being in this stage before I move to the next, I'm learning is really important. It's unfortunate that this stage, although it's exciting and although it's making me feel accomplished, it's really fucking stressful in the sense of this show costs me money, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not sponsored by anyone. I don't have a company backing me paying for anything. So like, all the subscriptions that I belong to, whether it be the hosting site, the editing software, the... um 
the photo and video editors that I use to make like the cards and the marketing pieces that you guys see me post on my story and on my reels all the time. Like all of that costs money. All of that is a 15 plus dollar subscription a month. I know that sounds silly, but it starts to add up. And then if I have to go to the studio and rent a space so I can do a remote interview and have a professional setting in a studio that costs money out of my pocket, you know? So like this podcast isn't making me money and that's okay because I'm investing in myself and I'm investing in my future and I'm investing in moving further down the line as far as the goal and the short-term plan as well as the long-term plan because there's like levels to fucking plan because I'm a psychopath and I'm thinking five years ahead. So I have a plan of what the fuck I'm going to do five years from now with this show and it is just like so exhausting sometimes to be a creative person. I don't mean to say that like a pompous fucking prick, like, oh, I'm a creative person. But I have a very fast running creative mind, whether it's with this show or other projects I want to work on. I'm just constantly thinking of ideas and writing things down. And my mind's always going. So it's like such a gift and such a curse to have the foresight of like what I want to do later, even though I, I'm not even a fourth of the way there. And then sometimes I drive myself insane, but I'm looking forward to the point where this can become my actual job that can pay me like, you know, the same amount, just the same amount of money for now that I'm making at my regular stupid job that I hate. And that's on the horizon for sure. It's just going to take me some time to get there. So I have to power through this fucking time and keep my shit together. I also feel like I just don't understand why I'm continuing a pattern of certain behaviors, right? Procrastinating and making excuses. I I'm just like fucking sick of myself this week, you know? And I think that's contributing to the back burner low level depression. I just feel like unmotivated. So all these great things are happening in one in one place in one day, you know, at one time. But then I'm like I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about the fact that I've gained a bunch of weight. I'm like 20 pounds up since the start of COVID. I was going to the gym and I actually lost some weight before COVID. I got in like the best shape of my life or at least in my fucking since I wasn't a teenager where I could eat literally anything I fucking wanted and it didn't matter. <laughs> so when COVID hit in 2020, I was 27 and I was in the fucking best shape of my life. I had been going to the gym for a bunch of months and eating really healthy and I was looking good and I was feeling good. Then COVID happened and the days leading up as like things started to close where we were still trying to figure out like what the fuck is this? My mom was like on the phone with me being like, don't go to the gym. You can contract COVID from the treadmills. I saw it on the news because she believes everything that she fucking reads or sees on the news. And I'm like, bitch, I am going to the gym until the moment they close the goddamn doors. I was like so in it at that point. It was just a part of my life. And I literally went to the gym till the day they closed. They announced that the gym was closing for till further notice to whatever flatten the curve or whatever fucking nonsense bullshit they were lying to us and saying back then. Fast forward to three, four months later when nothing was open. <laughs> but I went to the gym. They were like, the gym's closing on Thursday and it was Tuesday. And I went on Tuesday and I went on fucking Wednesday night at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's a true story. I remember it like it was yesterday. I went at one o'clock in the morning the fucking night before they closed the gym. And I was like, I don't know when I'll ever see this again. And I'm not like a work out at home kind of person. Like, I just don't have the motivation. Maybe if I was a fucking millionaire and I had a home gym like the fucking Kardashians or like 
I see goddamn Britney Spears on her Instagram working out in her full-size gym that looks like the gym that's by my house, but it's in her home, yeah, maybe I could do it then. But I'm not like a pull out the kettlebells and the weights and the fucking resistance bands and all that shit in my living room type of bitch. Like, it just doesn't work for me. I need to go to the gym. I don't talk to anybody at the gym. I put my headphones in. I refuse to go to the gym with anyone. I like to be alone and focused. But I need to be in the environment of having all the shit around me and the people working out around me. And that is what I need to work out. I'm not a workout at home type of bitch. I'm not a fucking Peloton bitch, which I could be. I hate the bike. I hate riding the bike. I never fucking do it. I'm a treadmill whore. So COVID happened. The gym shut down. And I just like gave up right like I was still eating really healthy but I wasn't working out because I'm like I'm not fucking working out at home I tried it like twice I hate running on the street I like running on the tread I don't know why I don't know what the difference is but I tried and I failed but I maintained my diet for a while right and then slowly but surely I just kind of fucking gave up but I was already super slim and super in shape so it really didn't matter for a long period of time and I guess I'm happy that it took me literally what has it been? We're in 2022. It took me literally two years, almost two and a half, to gain just 20 pounds. <laughs> I'm aware of how ridiculous I sound, but at the same time, it's the most out of shape I've been. It's the worst shape my body has been in. I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like when I wear t-shirts now that it's summer. I can't wear the same sizes. I'm wearing a bigger size, but I still don't look right in it. I just don't like the way I feel. And I know a lot of people can relate to that, but I know a lot of people get upset sometimes, especially at me. I've heard this before where they're like, well, if you think you're fat, what do you think of me? Because they are bigger than I am. But I personally don't look at other people's bodies like that. When I'm looking at myself and making a comment about what I don't like, I'm usually doing it in a humorous way, even though I mean it, because it kind of is like I'm addressing the situation. It's like a defense mechanism, right? And I'm sure you've heard this from other people. Humor is my defense mechanism sometimes. Sometimes I'm saying things just to be funny. Sometimes I'm like addressing something so that you don't have the chance to talk about it before I already let you know I know about it and I'm making fun of it. It's like, I have the power in the situation. It sounds kind of sick, but like, it's a habit of mine and it is what it is. But regarding other people, like, I'm not concerned about what your body looks like. Whatever weight you are, whatever your insecurities are, that doesn't matter to me, and I'm not thinking about that. When I make a comment about myself, it's about myself, and I'm looking at the things I don't like about myself because everyone has a different preference for how they want to look, right? Some people love pink, orange, purple, black, you know, all these different color hair. I don't like that fucking hair. I think it looks silly. Well, on some bitches it looks good. Some people love to have piercings all over their face, right? There's bitches walking around with those piercings in their chin, like Christina Aguilera in the Dirty video. I think that shit looks fucking stupid. But I don't care if you have it. I just don't want it for me. It's not my aesthetic. It's not my style. That is also how I feel about my weight. This <laughs> extra 20 pounds is not my aesthetic, and it's not my fucking style. I want it gone. I want somebody to come and take it away from me forcefully like they take a child with CPS, okay? I'm going to call CPS on my extra 20 pounds and tell them that I am abusing it and I am not fit to have it, nor do I deserve it. So I need you to take it and put it in fucking foster care, okay? Take my extra 20 pounds and rehome it. Have someone adopt it. There's plenty of bitches looking for it, trying to inject it in their fucking assholes, okay? So 
So give it to someone who wants a BPL. <laughs> Put my fat in Kim Kardashian's thighs the next time she needs a little enhancement. So I'm feeling really down, right? But I'm also angry with myself because it's been a slow build. It's been two years. So I would say after like the first six, seven months, I started being like, mm, I don't like the way I look. And at that point, I'm probably like seven, eight, nine pounds up from where I was. And I'm like, mm, I need to like get my shit back together. Did I do it? No. Here I am just a couple months ago. I'm going to my friend's wedding in North Carolina where I told you the story about the stupid influencers. And I was thinner than I am now. And I still felt like shit. And I was like, I got to get to the gym. I got to start eating healthy again. I got to get my shit together. Like, it's 10 or 12 pounds. It's not that fucking hard. Like, I can get rid of it in six weeks, eight weeks, if I just do the right thing, balls to the wall, 100%. Did I do that? No. Just last month, or six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, whenever it was, I started eating really healthy. I went on this fucking crash diet. <laughs> yes, crash diets. Don't fat you. It's terrible. Eating disorders. Don't suggest crash diets. Me, me, me. I'm not telling you what you should do. I'm telling you what I fucking did, and I love it, and it's great, and I'm going to fucking do it again. I'm not telling you what you should be doing, so please don't take my ideas and start using them so I get fucking canceled. And also, try to cancel me, because the only people you can cancel are people who give a fuck, and I don't. I went on a crash diet where I ate nothing but the fucking star kissed tuna packets, but you can't eat tuna all the time because it's high in mercury. <laughs> so I also bought the chicken salad version, and these little pouches are like 110 calories or less. So some of them are 110, some of them are as low as 70. So I eat one or two of those, and then just like steamed vegetables, all color steamed vegetables, because I've been taught that if you get all the colors in your diet... <laughs> <laughs> Funny story, I had a bar regular once at an old place who used to work for Christy Brinkley. I don't know what exactly she did for her. I think she was an attorney. Um, and she said that somebody used to bring Christy Brinkley her food and it would just be like a mound in a bowl full of vegetables and they were all different colors because that really is like a thing. Like if you eat all colored vegetables... Each one has different nutrients and different shit in it that you need. And even if you don't know what they are, you're going to get your daily intake of the things that you need. So they would tell her, like a fucking child, Christy, come on, it's time to eat your colors. <laughs> but let me tell you what, that bitch is old as shit and she looks fucking good. So if she can do it, I can do it. I'm about to eat my motherfucking colors. So I would eat the packets and then I would eat the colors, right? And I was doing really good with the vegetables and all that shit. And I was going to the gym. My thing is sometimes it takes me a really long time to get something started, right? Like this podcast. I had been saying I was going to do a podcast for a fucking year and a half, maybe actually longer. I think the first time I ever talked about it was like three years before I started. Then I bought the equipment. I had it for like six, seven, eight months. Nothing had happened. You know, like that's just how I am. But once I get started with something, it is balls to the wall, 100% in. So it was taking me a while to get started with the eating healthy in the gym. But then I started and then I was going to the gym every night and I was eating every meal really healthy. And I started to see a little bit of results because now at this point, 
I'm 20 pounds up. It ain't looking good when this shirt comes off. And people will be like, oh, you look fine. Yeah, that's because you don't see me naked, bitch. You're seeing me in a goddamn shirt that's a size or two too big and tight pants because I'm purposely creating an illusion that I look the same. But if you put a goddamn fucking picture of my face next to one from a year and a half, two years ago, it doesn't look the same. That's 20 pounds, bitch. Don't tell me I'm crazy. I hate when people do that. If I say something about myself, I'm not saying fuck I really gotta lose some weight I look like shit for you to tell me you're crazy you're so thin you're fine I fuck you I don't need your validation I'm sorry if sometimes people do some people need that and you think that's me that ain't me bitch I'm not telling you for you to tell me I'm crazy because you don't see me when I take all my clothes off to get in the shower I see me and it's fucking horrendous I look like a goddamn melted candle okay you know the candles where it goes old it's so tall it goes all the way in the center and then the wicks all the way at the bottom and you can't reach it and it starts to fucking melt and flap over that's what I look like inside of the fucking hurricane glass that's what I look like goddamn melted candle don't even get me started on my seven chins regardless I'm aware that when I talk about it like I just did I'm being over dramatic that's who I am it's part of my humor do I think that I look like the nutty professor when I say that no. Do I think I look like Kirstie Alley before she started Jenny Craig in her commercials where she was fucking 400 pounds? No. Do I look like I'm going to be on my 500 pound life like I say I am? No. So 500 or 600? Anyway, that's a whole nother subject for another time because people think I'm so fucking dramatic like I'm not doing it on purpose. That's what's crazy. People think that I'm not conscious of the fact that I'm being over dramatic when in actuality... It is a part of my personality that I'm doing on purpose for the humor of it. It's so crazy sometimes how people think they know you better than you know yourself. Which in some cases I guess is true because people are not very self-aware. But we're spiraling here. Um, so I was doing really well with the food and the gym. And I'm tired of this fucking diet culture bullshit. Anytime you go on a diet, it's toxic and bad. No, it's not. You're not supposed to starve yourself. You're not supposed to throw up your food. And if you are, there's a problem there that you should address. And it's very fucking serious. That's not the case with every person who changes their diet. Some people want to lose weight, and that's okay. It's not okay to make fun of people. It's not okay to make people feel bad about their bodies because they don't look the way that you think they should. Because that's your own fucking problem. And it's not okay to try to force people to do things they don't want to do. But what is okay is if I don't like the way I look and the way my body is for me, and I'm going to take positive, healthy steps to make a change, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm fucking tired of hearing that shit. Not everybody wants to be obese, and that's okay. I'm looking at all these people, I swear to God, and again, I'm spiraling, but I work in a restaurant and I see all kinds of people. I see all colors, shapes, and sizes of people. And I'll tell you what I see the most of that really upsets me and makes me realize why I need to make a change and what I don't want to be. And that is the men and women in their, I would say, late 60s, early 70s who are overweight and waddling and I'm not saying that to make fun of them and I'm not saying that about their weight they're waddling because they have bone and hip issues or they've had something replaced whatever and I believe that it is because of the food they're eating because I'm serving them that food so I'm watching them eat these greasy burgers and this food and all this food right I'm thinking to myself god 
Like if I was gaining weight like that and my body, my bones were not able to carry it, I'd have to fucking do something, right? So that's what I'm thinking about. Looking at these people and they're not obese. They're just a little overweight and you can see it's affecting their body because they're also older. Age is a whole different factor. So I'm thinking to myself, like, then I see... Then I see the guy in his 60s who runs around the town that I work in, literally jogs with his shirt off, and if you cut his head off, you would think the man was in his 40s. His body is fucking insane and muscular, and it's because he's out there every day running at the same time in the afternoon, and he looks fucking great, and I'm sure he eats his colors (laughs) and his clean food. You know, so like, I don't want my body to break down. I don't want to be old, still ordering Uber eats fucking hamburgers and waddling around because I made poor choices and now my bones are falling apart. That's just not who I want to be. I want to be fit and I want to look young, even if I have to get a little fucking Botox and a tummy tuck one day. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. So I started strong and then I fell off. And that's not like me, right? I've done this like two or three times recently where I've gotten on the horse really strong and then I've fallen off. And I just want to know, why the fuck are you doing this to yourself? Why are you making such poor choices? Why do you lack the motivation that you usually pride yourself on? You know, I'm proud of the fact that when I push myself to do something that I don't want to do, that I have that in me, that like self-discipline where I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go to the gym. I just want to eat a cheeseburger. But I'm like, eat your fucking vegetables, get in the car, go to the gym. I don't care if you're tired, get it fucking done. And then I do it. And not everybody has that in them. Some people need other people to motivate them. Some people need a a friend who will force them and push them to go to the gym and eat, you know, like a buddy to do it with them. And I think that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I usually don't need that. I am my own friend. (laughs) I talk to myself, which is probably a mental illness. And I fucking push myself to do the things that I want to do and that I need to do. And I'm not doing that. And it's making me feel worse. It's making me feel discouraged and more depressed. Do you know what I mean? It's making me feel like, what is fucking wrong with you that you know you need to get up and go to the gym and you know you need to eat healthy and instead you're sitting on your fat fucking ass on the couch and ordering Uber Eats fast food. You don't even eat fast food like that. I ordered McDonald's the other day. Do you know what I mean? I fucking hate McDonald's. If I'm going to eat fast food, it's going to be a fucking Whopper from Burger King because those are delicious even though they're disgusting. Or fucking Wendy's that tastes like real food. McDonald's is the most disgusting piece of shit fast food on earth. I would rather eat tire rubber. That's what the fucking burgers taste like. It's not even real meat. It's like half an inch thick. It's fucking disgusting. Don't even get me started on the pink slime chicken McNuggets. I fucking hate McDonald's. Why are you eating something that you can't stand when you have a salad, fruit, vegetables, chicken, and all the stuff in your fridge that you know is healthier? And it's not just about, oh, I'm fat. It's about you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel good about your body. You don't feel good about the way you look in clothes. And that's inhibiting your good times. When I was in AC, the night before I left, actually, I was trying on all these clothes to try to figure out an outfit to wear there and to wear to the day party. And then I was packing outfits to go out. And I had a shirt that's a little bigger that I bought on purpose that I wore once and I felt okay in. And then I put it on again and I didn't feel so good. And then I got dressed in the morning and I didn't feel good about the way I looked. And then I saw myself in a picture and I didn't feel good about the way I looked. 
And then I put on my clothes to go out and I changed three times because I didn't feel good about the way I looked. I bought this stupid fucking compression tank top. It's like fucking Spanx for men. It's bullshit. You put on this tank top that's five sizes too tight and irritates my goddamn skin and it sucks you in. And I still didn't look good. I actually looked fucking stupid. So I took that off. And then I wore a different shirt. I didn't feel good in that either, but I had been getting ready for like two fucking hours at this point. And I was like, we got to get out of here. Otherwise, we're never going to go anywhere. And I did have a good time, but I didn't feel good about the way I looked. And when you look good, you feel good. The old saying is true. It's not all about looks, but when you feel badly about how you look and when you're trying to feel good and get dressed to go out and have a good time and you don't like the way you look in things, it makes you feel bad and it inhibits your good time. So I don't want that for myself. I want to look good, feel good, and have a good time all the fucking time. And I know it's not going to happen all the time. But why am I continuing these bad habits? You know, like, why did I sit down on the couch and order that bad fucking food? If I wasn't going to go to the gym today, which I absolutely fucking wasn't, I still could have eaten well. I still could have eaten the salad and the chicken and felt good about the things I was putting in my body, even though I didn't work out. Do you know what I mean? So why am I making two bad choices? Why am I sitting down, not going to the gym, and also saying, well, to make it worse, as if I already don't feel bad enough, I'm going to eat the fucking Big Mac that I don't even really like? It's just stupid, you know? So I also recognize that I am an emotional eater. <laughs> I swear to God, when I'm in like a stressed place or something's really upsetting me i just want to fucking eat i will eat all the junk food i want all the comfort food i am such an emotional eater i don't want a goddamn tomato or a piece of lettuce in my times of need so that's another problem that i recognize that i'm trying to fix is that like i've just really been in a down place this week and i'm trying to fight it and pretend that i'm not but i am um and i've been eating like fucking shit but the part that's bothering me is that it extends past the bad week that I've been having since before that. So I need to evaluate why I continue to make choices that I know aren't going to get me to the goal when I'm usually the person who forces myself to make the choices that are going to get me towards the goal. I'm in this weird place and it's not me and it's not what I'm used to and I don't like it. So what I've realized this week is that that's okay. It, I don't have to beat myself up like I wanted to and like I was, I can sit here and say, you know what? I had a bad couple months with responsible choices as far as the stuff I want, fitness, food, weight, whatever. That's in the past. But what I keep reminding myself is that when I went to North Carolina, I said to myself I was going to get my shit together when I got back and I didn't. And I thought to myself today, well, if I would have gotten my shit together when I came back like I said I would, I would be in a completely different place now. I would feel different, I would look different, and I would have went to AC, and I would have had a great fucking time. Even though I had a great time, I would have had a better time because I would be back in shape by now, and I would be feeling good, and I could wear the things that I want, and I could get dressed, and instead of looking in the mirror and feeling shitty... And looking at all the things I didn't like about myself, I could have looked in the mirror and been like, wow, you look great. Good for you. You really got your shit together like you said you would. But instead, I felt worse because not only did I not look good and not feel good, but I reminded myself that I said I was going to get my shit together and I didn't. And had I done it then, I wouldn't be feeling this way right now. So 
it's okay that I did that. It's okay that I made those choices. But now I'm telling myself to further motivate myself. It's not okay to do this again. It's not okay for two, three, four more months to pass and you to be another fucking 10 pounds heavier because, bitch, it ain't going to be pretty and there's going to be no hiding it at that point. But you don't want to sit in the same place in three months and be like, wow, yet again, if I had done that then, I'd be here now. And that applies to all parts of life. Any way that you can make a choice to better yourself and you want to and you don't, this idea applies. You don't want to be three months from now telling yourself that you could have been three months ahead of the game and been where you wanted to be or close to it if you had just fucking done it and been consistent and the only reason you didn't is because you were being fucking lazy or because you were succumbing to not feeling right or feeling sad or feeling down. We all feel sad. We all feel down. I don't suffer from depression, so I can't speak on that. People who have serious anxiety and depression, I understand that that's a different animal, that's a different battle, and sometimes you can't motivate yourself. When I say I'm feeling depressed, I mean it in like a lighter way. I mean like I'm feeling down, I'm feeling sad, you know? And sometimes it lasts for a while, and sometimes it comes and it goes. But I am not at all pretending that it's clinical depression. It's very different. I'm also just like a very mentally strong person. I'm very tough mentally. I've been through a lot of shit and I don't allow that to ruin me. I'm just, I don't know. I'm like built weird and maybe it's like unhealthy. <laughs> maybe I don't deal with things properly, but you know what? It gets the shit I need to get done. So that is my big rant about that. And I have to get my shit together. And I am reminding all of you that it is okay to falter. It is okay to feel sorry for yourself. But at some point you have to say enough is enough enough faltering, enough feeling sorry for myself. Now I have to take some action and remind myself who the fuck I am, which I will. So see you soon. My summer body is loading for the winter. <laughs> I am, however, going to Miami in October, and I have plenty of time to get my shit together and stunt on you hoes by the time I go to Miami, okay? So look out. You better all get in the fucking gym. You better all get your best outfits out, and you better get your shit together because I am not playing with you hoes for Miami 2022. Wow, I need a sip of my drink after that. That was a lot. <laughs> that was really therapeutic, though. I feel great now. I feel ready to tell you my next story. So that's it. I feel down, um, but I will be fine. Always am. Always will be. And I will update you on more of why I feel like shit when I feel like I'm ready to talk about it, which is not right now. So let's move on to our story this week. I went to the Great South Bay Music Festival where my friend JP, who I affectionately call PJ, who you heard on the episode where I interviewed Violena, who is playing her debut shows coming up. I think one's July. I want to say it's the 18th, but I know I have that wrong. It's probably not. Um, where she's doing her album release show. So if you want more details on that, you can hit me up. Or you can go to her Instagram, which is hi, it's via, two eyes, not hits via, like I thought. And she will give you all the details. She's also playing a show at the fucking Mercury Lounge on August 15th in New York City, which is crazy and huge. Such an incredible venue. I will be there. 
tickets are not that expensive. It's like 15 bucks. So if you want the link to tickets so you can come hang out with us and see her play and see the show, it's Monday, August 15th at the Mercury Lounge. And you can hit me up on Instagram or you can hit me up on the email, which is not the mouse productions at gmail.com and I will send you the link for tickets super cheap going to be super fun so come down and drink with us I would say I'll buy you a beer but I don't know how many fucking people are going to show up if I say that on this podcast so (laughs) I don't want to be responsible for buying everybody a beer but come down have a shot with me hear some good music some good vibes we're going to have a great time so hit me up if you want the link for tickets so I go to PJ's show. He is in a band called Oogie Wawa, which I affectionately call Wawa Wiwa. And they have been around and touring for most of the 2000s because they are old as shit. They play reggae music. It's got a little rock to it. They have a super loyal fan base. People go fucking crazy for them. They always have tour dates lined up in the summer. It's always a good time. This is the first time I've gotten to see them, and I was super excited. So I took off months ago when PJ told me about this and put me on his guest list for free entry. If it's for free, it's for me. And I was super excited. So I go with Via and PJ's girlfriend, Amanda, who I love so much. So we decide to meet in town for a drink before we go and then grab an Uber and go down there so we can continue to get crazy, right? So everyone texts me that they're running late. I'm like, perfect. You're running late. I was running almost on time, which means that by the time I get down to the village, I have time to go to the dispensary and grab some joints because this is a fucking reggae festival, okay? It's all reggae bands playing that day, pretty much. And I need to get my high on. So I go down to the dispensary. I walk in there and I'm like, hey, I need um, some pre-rolls. And I saw this hysterical meme. (laughs) It was something to the effect of, now I know um, seeing... This generation by pre-rolled joints makes me realize why my grandpa was so upset when he saw me pay someone to change the oil on my car. And that fucking hit me right in the chest. I was like, that's funny. I always say that, like, pre-rolls are cheating. But you know what? Sometimes when you're in this situation, it's just fucking easier. I had no patience. There's weed in the house. There's weed in the house. There's papers in the house. I had every opportunity to roll a joint. But instead, I was like, I don't fucking feel like doing this. And I'm busy getting ready. So I'm just going to go get pre-rolls. So I walk in and I'm like, I need some pre-rolls. She's like, do you want one for 20 or two for 30? I'm like, it's not even a real fucking question. Give me two for 30. Are you on crack? Then she starts rattling off all the shit. And she's like, well, you need to get this one and this one. And I I just don't like people like that. I don't like pushy fucking salespeople. Don't tell me what the fuck I want and need, bitch. You'll know me. So I was like, no, I need sativas. I only want a sativa. I don't want a fucking indica. I'm going out. I'm, I'm going to party. I need a sativa. Okay, well, you should get this one and this one. These are the ones you want. And before I even agree to it, she's like pulling them out of the jar and wrapping them up. So I'm like, all right, honestly, I'm having a good time. It's a good day. I do not have the patience, time, or energy to curse this bitch out right now and tell her about herself. So I'm just going to buy what she fucking says because I'm sure it's going to be good. And there's sativas, which is what I wanted. I had no idea what I was in for. So she gives me these two. She labels one. And then the other one, I'm like, what's it called? And she tells me. And it's like, not something I've heard of, but she has no sticker labels for that strain to put on the tube. I also like the fact that it comes with the tube where you won't break it. You know what I'm saying? I could just throw it in my bag. 
So whatever, I'm off my $30 pre-rolls. I'm like, fuck this bitch. I don't know why she's trying to push shit on me, but whatever. It better be good or I'm coming back here and I'm going to sue. Meet up, have our drinks, jump in an Uber, go to the festival. Great South Bay Festival is huge. I had no fucking idea that they built such a huge stage. It looked like fucking Jones Beach. It was crazy. Then they have all these tents and all these vendors. And there's all these like fucking arts and crafts. There's all these crystals, which is right up my fucking alley. There's rings. There's bracelets. It's like an adult fucking carnival to buy shit and get wasted. I I just don't understand how this is real. I felt like I was at a fucking carnival. We're walking around. We're looking at all the tents at all the vendors. I'm buying fucking crystals of course because it's me that's what I fucking do Via's getting a goddamn henna tattoo of a spider what the fuck we get henna tattoos for (laughs) they're the stupidest things I've ever seen they're stupid they're ugly they don't last they cost money the whole thing's stupid whatever it made her happy so right before Wawa Weewa gets on we grab some beers we've had a couple drinks at this point we're having a good time we go to get our spot at the stage right now I'm getting my joint out I'm like you guys are gonna smoke with me right and they're like yeah 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 we're gonna smoke I'm like great They're like, what is it? I'm like, well, it's not even real weed. It's Delta 8. And Amanda's like, oh, I smoke Delta 8 all the time. I'm like, yeah, me too. I actually kind of prefer it. It's like a light, crispy high. That's how I describe it, right? Like, you're never going to smoke Delta 8 and be like locked into the couch if it's a sativa. Delta 8 is like a lighter than weed kind of high, but makes you feel good. So that's what we're telling Via. Via's never had Delta 8. She's only had real weed. So we're like, no, no, it's fucking great. Like, you're not even going to really be high. You're just going to kind of be there and you're going to come down really quick. It probably lasts like 30 minutes at most. I like the joint. And I didn't read the strain beforehand, but it's something called Gorilla Glue. And at the time, I didn't realize, but I later remembered that I had had Gorilla Glue, real Gorilla Glue, like the weed. And it fucked me up, and I did not like it, and I didn't smoke it again. It was too much. And now, I don't get paranoid from weed. Edibles make me paranoid. I stay the fuck away from edibles after the last time that I took an edible and it was not a high dosage and I went to sleep and I was stuffed up that day from my either my allergies or I was sick. I wasn't feeling well and I was all stuffed up and sniffling and when I was going to sleep, I was convinced that I had to stay awake and I couldn't fall asleep because if I fell asleep, I wouldn't remember to breathe and I would die and that is not the fucking case. So I stay away from edibles ever since then. We start smoking this joint, and we're having a great time, right? Wawa Wawa starts. PJ's on stage. He's looking great. I'm taking pictures. He's got his guitar thing going. He's having, like, some sound issues. I'm trying to point it out because you know me. I'm like, ooh, I know everything about music compared to regular people. I'm like, look at all the sound issues happening. (laughs) Ridiculous. We're smoking the joint. We're passing it back and forth. We're feeling good, right? Something happens all of a sudden. I don't know what the fuck happened, but the mood just changes. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm fucking high. I am high out of my face. But you know how sometimes you get high out of your face and then it dissipates really quick? It's just like the initial whoosh of the fucking weed. And then after a few minutes, you like level off and you're feeling good, right? This was not that. I was in the fucking stratosphere. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so weird. They put crack in this joint? This is Delta 8. Did she lace this? Is there broken up mushrooms am i on a fucking trip because i'm on another planet so now i'm just trying to act cool right i'm just trying to play it cool because i'm looking at them and i'm like 
They seem like they're okay. They seem like they're high, but they seem like they're okay. I'm looking at PJ. I'm like, oh, God, does he know I'm fucking high from the stage? Can he? And the stage is really high. I'm like, can this motherfucker say I'm high? I'm trying my hardest to play it cool. I'm taking pictures and videos because that's really all I know how to do to act normal in that situation. I'm looking at them, the girls, and I'm like, they're like laughing. And I'm like, oh, God, they know I'm high. It's all over my face. I'm fucking high to my face, and they know it, and they're making fun of me. <laughs> And then I look at Amanda and I see her eyes. And this is over the course of like literal 20 minutes. And I'm like, she looks kind of fucked up too. Maybe she's as fucked up as I am. But don't say anything just in case she's not. And then you look like a fucking idiot. And then I look at Via and she looks kind of fucked up too. And I'm like, but maybe she's just having a good time. Maybe I think she's fucked up because I'm trying to convince myself that everyone's as fucked up as I am. Because I feel stupid that I'm so fucking high that I don't want to be in this crowd anymore. Which is so not me. What is going on here? I was just at Rufus Dussault just a couple weeks ago smoking a delta 8 joint in the crowd passing it around having a great time you saw the videos i was jumping in the confetti i had my shades on because my shades are always on when i'm high because i look like somebody whacked me in the fucking eyeballs and they exploded i'm like i was having a great time on delta 8 at rufus du soul and i was ready to be a part of the show like what the fuck happened and then via looks at us and goes um, do you guys realize we're the only ones not dancing? And I fucking turn around and Amanda turns around at the same time. And we look back at the crowd and every fucking wacky hippie reggae loving bitch is swaying and moving their arms and they know all the words to Wawawiwa's songs and they're fucking vibing and there's the three of us standing with our hands on the gate staring straight ahead up at PJ me taking my fucking pictures and we realize that we stick out we're in almost all black all three of us and everyone's in fucking drug rugs and tie-dye shirts and we are just standing there not moving and I I look at Amanda and I look at Via and I'm like, guys, I broke the ice right then and there. I broke it down. I didn't fucking care at that point. I looked at them and I was like, guys, I'm too fucked up to be here. Well, first I said I have to pee, which was true. It wasn't a lie. I'm like, guys, I got to pee, but I kind of don't want to move. And they're just giggling. And I'm like half hoping when somebody's like, yeah, me too. Let's go. So I have an out to get out of the front of this fucking crowd. Standing against the gate, and we look back and there's just people everywhere. I'm like, this is the wrong situation for me to be this high. I just want to be in the back, minding my business. The sun is hot. I just need to get the fuck out of this situation. I need a beer. Maybe that'll calm me down. So I look at them and I'm like, guys, I really got to pee, but I don't want to move. And they just giggle. Another minute goes by and I'm like, Guys, I really got to pee and I cannot fucking be here. Like, I feel like I just cannot be in this spot. I am so fucking high out of my face. And they both bust out laughing like you wouldn't fucking believe like it was on cue. And they're like, me too, me too, me too, me too. Where I'm fucking high. And then I realized that they are just as fucked up as I am, if not worse. Amanda just cannot stop laughing. The giggling coming out of her fucking mouth hole is just uncontrollable. She's bent over. And then I'm thinking, like, because I'm paranoid now, I'm like, oh, my God. PJ is staring right at us. He knows we are so fucked up at his show. He's definitely going to be mad at me because I brought the weed, not knowing that it was this kind of weed. And I got the girls fucked up. And now we're making fools of ourselves in the front row of his show. And who knows who knows that we belong to him. 
I'm like, we got to get out of here. So now I'm trying to like gather everybody. I'm like, come on, let's go. We're leaving right now. Amanda's like bent over laughing on the floor and Via's fucking joining in with her. I'm like, ladies, we got to go. I got to pee. We rushed out of the crowd. We're like falling over, dying, laughing. It's a combination of like, how did we get this fucked up? We're just spitting it all out now because now we know. We're like, how did we get this fucked up? What the fuck was in that weed? That can't be Delta 8. Delta 8 doesn't do this. Amanda's like, I smoke Delta 8 all the time and it's not this. And I'm like, me too. Via's like, what the fuck did you guys do to me? You said it would last 30 minutes and you said it was easy. I feel like I'm on crack cocaine. (laughs) At one point she said, did we just smoke meth? It was out of control. We're falling over laughing trying to get to the porta potties, right? So we finally get to the porta potties because this is a fucking outdoor music festival and it's porta potties, disgusting. And they're in this like horseshoe shape. There's gotta be like 40 of them. It's like a long hallway and there's those bullshit pedal sinks in the middle. You know the ones where you step on it and the recycled fucking dirty hand water comes out of it? I'm not washing my hands in that shit. My dick is cleaner than whatever's in that fucking water. I promise you. I just showered. We're running around the horseshoe because it feels like a fucking maze trying to get to the bathroom. I stop at the door of one porta potty. Amanda stops at one at the other end. Via's in the middle of us and we're just screaming back and forth at at each other from each end of the fucking porta potties having not gone in yet about to piss myself everyone is looking at us like what the fuck is wrong with these losers v is standing in the middle of us but in the middle of us we're like 20 30 feet apart and she's like are you guys gonna fucking go in or what like what are you guys doing are you gonna pee or not we had no fucking idea what was going on and the porta potties made it worse i felt like they were moving and they were getting further away from me it just all felt very surreal i finally get in the porta potty and pee and i'm like okay i'm giving myself a pep talk i'm like you gotta get your shit together we have to get our shit together right this fucking instant Everything is going to be fine. You are fine. You're just high. It's just weed. It's not even real weed. They sell it at a store. Everything's going to be okay. And then we walk down to the porta potty, and like the committed podcaster that I am, thinking of the pulse pounding fans, <laughs> I started voice recording our conversations about how fucked up we were. Roll the tape. We are. Way too high at Great South Bay watching Oogie Wawa. We had to leave. The reason I don't, I, the reason I haven't peed yet is because I don't think I know how to. <laughs> Wait, you said why are you guys taking so long when I came out, but you never went in? I never went in. That's so annoying. <laughs> I'm too high for my own good. Dude, I've never even, I don't even know what's going on. Honestly, 20 minutes ago, we There's were no hyping words. this up like, we were the only oh! We were like, Delta 8 is the greatest high. It's just going to be like so chill. I don't know what that strain is. It lasts 30 minutes. The girl at... I took extra drugs. Wait, 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 wait. I went into the dispensary and I was like, I want two sativa pre-rolls. I couldn't even like get out what strains I wanted before she was like, oh, you want this one and this one. They put Molly in it. And I was like, okay, whatever you suggest, bitch. No, we're just really high. <laughs> Are you swaying? I'm swaying. I'm swaying. We weren't swaying the in the fact, beginning, though. We the fact swaying. that nobody was not dancing except for us, and we're in the front against the gate. That was the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, literally I didn't know. No, she told me, and then I related to you. I did Right. I didn't know until I knew, and then I was like, oh. And then I was like, I was trying... 
Yes. That's what I just said to do. Do it. Right there. Go. Mine was used twice, so go. Ew. No. No, like meaning it was good. It was clean. There was nothing in there. That one. Nope. Next one. One more. Yeah, there's no the older one. <laughs> Honestly, I was trying so hard to pretend I wasn't high so that you guys wouldn't know. And now I know. Wait, look at her bag. Okay, so when Amanda said, look at her bag right there, it was because Via finally went into the poor body and asked us to hold her purse. Amanda grabs her purse and immediately, as we're talking, just fucking drops it into the dirt and on the ground and I'm picking it up and trying to wipe the sand off but I'm high and stupid so I'm wiping the sand into the bag so then I'm opening the bag and trying to get the sand out without removing any of the contents but I'm just making it worse so there's sand all over the bag and we're like trying to get it off so she doesn't know that we dropped it into the sand (laughs) I got it she'll never know She's gonna find sand in her bag. Hold on. I don't know. Shut up. I got it. Nobody will ever know. Did this work for you guys? No, we didn't didn't really try though. Yeah, I don't know. I just gave up. Exactly. I said I'm fine. I showered. You're out of your mind. I'm angry. How'd that go? <laughs> you couldn't do it? I don't like board bodies. Did you, did you get stage fright? Come on, we gotta go buy We gotta go buy Amanda some sunglasses. Come on. No, I'm okay. I'm yelling. I'm yelling a lot. Me too. I'm like, we got to go buy Amanda some sunglasses. And she's like, no, I'm okay. And then at one point I was like, you really need some sunglasses. And she's like, it's not even bright outside. I was like, bitch, it's not for the sun. It's because you look fucking crazy. Your eyes are bugging. That's why I'm wearing sunglasses because my eyes are bugging out. (laughs) Oh my God. Happy, euphoric, and relaxed. We were happy, we were euphoric, but we were not fucking relaxed. That was a goddamn lie. That's what the strain said, and it was a lie. Honestly, we started to feel a little better once we confessed to each other that we were all as fucked up as we thought the other two didn't feel (laughs) and that the other two were knowing that we were all fucked up and judging us but then we realized we all felt the same and then at that point like after that whole debauchery that you just heard I tried to convince them that they were fine as I was convincing myself I was fine because I told myself in the porta potty you're fine you're just really high it's gonna be cool like just enjoy it and honestly we all said the same thing like it would have been fine if we were prepared like if we knew we were gonna get super fucking high we would have just rolled with it but it's the fact that it caught us off guard and came out of nowhere and we thought it was going to be light and airy. If I was prepared for that, I would have been cool. And I wouldn't have been in the front row against the gate at a fucking music festival. I'll tell you that. But we didn't think that was going to happen. So it was a shock. And that's what fucking did us in. So I was like looking at them and while we were walking and I was like, you're cool. Just like tell yourself you're cool and you'll be cool. Like just 
feel fine. Tell yourself you're high, you're having a good time, it's all going to be great, and then you'll feel okay. And once I did that, I started to feel better, and I think Via started to catch my wave on that as well. Amanda took another minute. She took a little longer to get on that wavelength. So we walk over to, like, the VIP tent. We had gotten, like, VIP passes because PJ put us on his um, guest list. And they have, like, this tent that's covered with a bunch of, like, long picnic tables. And I'll tell you what it is. Ghetto and fucking janky. If I had paid the $150 or whatever it is for a fucking VIP ticket to this festival, and that was my goddamn VIP area, and the bar was a literal fucking table set up in the corner, like a goddamn summer camp handing out chips and water bottles, I would have been fucking pissed. It was fine because I didn't pay for it. So we sit down. We miss the majority <laughs> of Wawa we was set up close even though we can see them from the tent pj gets done and i immediately start confessing because for some reason i thought he was mad at me that we all got so fucked up and i'm texting him and i'm like we're really high we got too high (laughs) and then he comes over to the side of the tent the tent looks like the fucking bumper cars at adventureland if you go to a carnival or an amusement park and you go on the bumper cars there's that fucking tent (laughs) that the bumper cars are under on that metal floor that you drive around that's what the fucking vip tent looked like bumper cars at a goddamn carnival so we're sitting there and pj comes on the side of the tent and he's trying to like mouth and mime and explain to us that he's going to get something to eat and we're like what what are you saying what what he's like i'm going to get something to eat we're like what and in our heads we're like and we said to each other like do we really need to interact with them right now like and i'm thinking as he's mouthing this like get the fuck out of it. just go just go wherever you're going please just go <laughs> and i'm yelling we're high <laughs> We're too fucked up. We're I. <laughs> so then he comes back and sits down after he eats. And now he knows we're all fucked up. And now we start to feel a little better. I got up and I got a beer. I ended up getting a coffee. And we started to like come down and all was okay. We kept recapping how we couldn't believe what fucking happened. And then we were like, cool, a little tired, but cool. And then we went to watch some more of the bands that were playing. And everything was all right. Via got her chicken fingers i think it was i don't know we ate like 95 things we were so fucked up v and i were eating these like huge almost like mall pretzels but bigger and way more bread and it was crazy but it was delicious we were so fucking high just devouring these pretzels like animals and i literally looked at them at one point and i was like these pretzels have so much bread i can literally taste the gluten like whatever people are allergic to (laughs) i can fucking taste it now i get it what a goddamn disaster. What a fucking disaster. Mind you, I've smoked Delta 8 joints completely by myself and been okay. We split that joint between the three of us, and we didn't even finish it. I put it out when I realized I was feeling okay, and I put it in the corner to save for later. I left that motherfucker behind. I never wanted to see it again. I didn't even want to have the tube that said Gorilla Glue on it. I fucking rest in peace that right into the ground and fucking left it goodbye. We didn't even finish the whole joint between three people who literally smoke weed, especially Via and I. Like, we smoke, like, on the regular. And it was something that we have not experienced. So, if you're looking for a good time in the right setting, buy some Gorilla Glue strain. 
if you are not that kind of smoker, stay the fuck away from Gorilla Glue. And you bitch at the fucking dispensary should warn people when you start forcefully handing out Gorilla Glue what it could fucking do to you because it was not good. Then I had to interact with people. I forgot that part. I was walking around getting beers and stuff and I was running into people I know and I was so fucking high and awkward and sorry to all of you that I saw if you thought I was being weird and dismissive when I saw you, especially the people that I haven't seen in like a few years. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was not me. Whoever that was, I was possessed by the Gorilla Glue devil. Okay, before we go, I want to quickly run through some new music because we haven't talked about some stuff and then there's some new stuff out, okay? First thing is Drake's Honestly Nevermind, okay? Everyone is hating on this album and I don't understand why. I think it's great. It's exciting. It is a change. It is an artist experimenting and doing something different and I don't know why you bitches are not allowing him to do so. I thought it was awesome. I love house music. I understand that this is not legitimate house music. It's like pop house, whatever. I fucking like it. It's different. It is an unexpected album. It was dropped as a surprise. He literally announced it the day of, and then it came out the same night at midnight. He dropped an album quarter one, so nobody was expecting that halfway through the year we were getting another Drake album. There's still no telling if he'll drop another album between now and the end of the year. Probably not, but you never know with him. Or he'll 100% drop another album next year. So what you got is a fucking bonus. You weren't getting new music if it wasn't this. It's not like you were expecting it. If he had been hyping this shit up for months and been like, oh, new album coming next month, two months, whatever, and people were expecting normal Drake music... I'd be like, all right, I can see why they're pissed. They were expecting an album. But you literally had no time to prepare for this. He said in the morning, dropping at midnight, here it is. And then it just fucking came out. So take the bonus for what it is, whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter. You all loved fucking Certified Lover Boy. And honestly, like, I'm not a huge Drake fan. There's Drake songs that I like, but I don't, like, wait for his music to come out. But I love this album. So for somebody who's not usually a fan or not really like replaying his album over and over, like he got me this time. I fucking love it. So there's that. I also saw so many people like the arguments over the house music and all the shit with the race stuff. Like it really just fucking threw me for a loop and I don't like it one bit. Everyone was like, there was a lot of people people on black Twitter, <laughs> which is a great place, who were like, oh, look at Drake making his white girl music for his white girls, blah, 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 blah. Why? Like, what's the point of that? First of all, house music, electronic music is not just for white people. It is one of the most diverse and accepting music groups in the fucking industry. And I mean that as the artists who make the music and the fans who enjoy it. Have you ever been to an electronic music festival? They're the coolest, easiest going people. They're like fucking hippies. They just want to have a good time, smoke, dance, get crazy, wear their weird outfits, and just like say hello to you and be nice. Except for the fucking, I mean, that's the ones I go to in New York. I wouldn't go to like, you know, California, LA. You get the fucking bikini influencers who think they're better than everybody. But for the most part, the people who love and follow that music 
are like the kindest, easiest going people. They don't care what you look like. They don't care how much money you have. If you are there vibing to the music and trying to dance and have a good time, like they're into you as long as your vibes are as good as theirs. So that's number one. Second of all, Beyonce dropped Break My Soul. I cannot get enough of Break My Soul. I cannot stop listening to it. It is so 90s club. I don't know why people are calling it house music. I think house music is a little less melodic. I think there's less lyrics in house music. I think house music is different than club music. I think club music is like its own subgenre. 90s club, the artist of 90s club. It's like my favorite style of music. This is another thing that is fucking killing me. First of all, Beyonce, I don't understand this album thing you're doing with this renaissance. Number one, I hope it all sounds like the single. Don't fucking play me like I'm about to get this style from you and then you fucking put out some regular Beyonce shit because I'll be pissed, okay? Number two, I don't know what you're doing with this renaissance album, putting up fucking pre-orders for $70 box sets plus, okay? I think that's how much they were. With no image, no image. It's literally a silver foil box with no image hiding whatever the album cover looks like. And it says pose one, pose two, and pose three. And you have to choose to spend upwards of $70 if you can't afford all three or all three, whatever you're doing. You have to buy these fucking products without seeing what the image looks like. How do I know if I want to spend that much money? What if you look like a fucking prostitute? What if you look like a goddamn scarecrow in a field? I don't know what kind of imagery you're going for, okay? Gaze, listen up. Beyonce is pulling a grinder, okay? She is a blank profile who will not send face pics. <laughs> on grinder she wants you to come over to her house and suck her dick on the blind and if you're not gay and you don't know what this is all about just fucking hit fast forward for 15 seconds gays beyonce is a blank profile or a headless torso on grinder who will not show you her face she just wants you to come over and give her the goods <laughs> don't fall into the trap so Beyonce puts out Break My Soul, and now we erupt into the opposite side of the argument, okay? So this is a week separate. Drake puts out the album, and about a week later, Beyonce drops her single Break My Soul, which they're calling house music as well, even though it's not really. We didn't like Drake. Drake was a white woman, right? Drake was putting out music for white women. But now that Beyonce did it, the whole tune is going to change. Now club, Now house music is black music. That's what Twitter's saying. That's what the influencers are saying. Well, actually, house music is black music. I'm sorry, bitch, what? House music was originated in Chicago by black gays, okay? House music, I read up on all of this. House music was made for the gay clubs, this club called Warehouse specifically, and it was made by black and Latino gay men. So before it's black, it's gay. That's number one. Because all of you gentlemen and ladies on black Twitter, who are the most homophobic people I've ever seen, not all of you, not all of you, but some of the most homophobic people I've ever come across are on black Twitter. They are black women and black men, okay? The straights of the community. All of a sudden, you want to claim our gay-ass music as your own? And I don't understand. I saw a lot of comments where they kept writing, like, this music was for us by us. It wasn't for black people by black people. It was for gays by gays. And those gays who made it happened to be people of color. So let's just get that out of the way first. 
Second of all, this is not 70s and 80s house music that is influencing Beyonce's single. I can't speak for the album because none of us have heard it yet. But as far as the single, that is 90s club music, if I've ever heard it. It sounds like it's been lifted from Show Me Love by Robin S. It's, it's, it's not a clear sample, but it's influenced by Robin S., who then went on Good Morning America or something and was saying that, like, she thinks that it's lifted from her song and she wasn't informed and she didn't like this and that. And then Beyonce sent her some flowers and said, thanks for paving the way. So it's coming from 90s club music. And as someone who loves 90s club music, I don't like this narrative that this music belongs to one group of people. And I think it's important to talk about the history. I think it's important to talk about who created something and who popularized something and who started it. That's fine. 90s club music specifically was a free-for-all and it was incredibly inclusive. You had artists like Amber who were from different countries. You had every race from all over the world in the United States pretty much specifically in New York, but in different parts of the United States, all different colors, shapes, and sizes of people making this music for the clubs. So don't act like it belongs to one group of people. 90s club and electronic music specifically has been so inclusive of all different kinds of people to create it, to enjoy it. It has had one sole purpose, and that has always been to feel the music move to it, dance to it, take your drugs to it if you want to, whatever it is. But it is not about one group of people that it belongs to. That music specifically has been made for everyone. And I can stand by some of the arguments with hip-hop, where people will say, like, well, hip-hop was black music and it was started by black people for black people, and it's unfortunate when certain things happen and it feels like it's being taken away from them. Completely understand that. Completely agree with that. But house music and club music, that is not the same thing. That was created for and enjoyed by everyone, specifically the gays when it started and whoever was there with them. So I don't want to hear any more about this like who that music belongs to just because you want to claim it now that Beyonce's doing it when a week prior when Drake was doing it it was white girl music so which one is it it, it doesn't work to your narrative it doesn't work when it fits how you want to feel it's one way or the other it either is or it isn't so leave the fucking house music and club music to everyone to enjoy, please, because that's what it was created for, and that's how it's always been enjoyed. I love Break My Soul. I am not a Beyonce fan. And when I say I'm not a Beyonce fan, I don't mean that I don't think she's incredibly talented and an amazing performer, because I do. What I mean by I'm not a fan is that I don't go for her the way I go for The weekend, right? When The weekend is putting out an album, I know all about it. I know what's leaking. I know what he's talked about so far. I know when it's coming. I know when the single's coming out. I'm watching all the videos. I am waiting on whatever The weekend is going to drop. Same with Rufus Dussault, same with Mariah, same with other artists, right? Like, I'm invested. Beyonce, I'm not invested. I don't really know what's going on with her until it makes it to Instagram. I don't really know what's going on with her until she announces it or there's a rumor that I come across. I'm not looking for it. I'm not sitting around like, when is the next Beyonce single and album coming out? I just 
Don't really care that much. When it comes out, I'll listen to it and I'll either like it or I won't. Loved Lemonade, thought that was a great album that I listened to nonstop. But most of her other projects, there's like a few songs I like. I just don't really get into her like that. I've seen her live a few times. I think she's an incredible performer. But she's just like, you know, it's not my favorite person that I die for. However, this fucking song is so good. And if this album is in this style, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind on the dance floor. Especially when I get skinny. Okay, next on the list for new music is Wasteland by Brent Fias. Okay, this album is out of control. Out of control. Brent Fias is so good, and I already knew that. But this fucking album is such an R&B level up. This is the music I am looking for in 2022 from R&B artists, okay? My favorite song on the album is All Mine. I cannot stop playing it. I don't know what they did in that beat, but it is fucking incredible. I, can't, I just can't stop listening to it. I love his voice. I love his lyrics. I love his flow. I love his style. Brent Fiaz, Wasteland, get into that fucking album. It is so good. Up next, of course, my boys, they have put out a new song called Comfortable. I really loved Blue Moon. It was more down-tempo, very R&B. This is still very R&B, giving me like a little 90s R&B, but it's a little more up-tempo. I fucking love this. I fucking love this! I don't know what is coming on this project, but I hope it is more of this. I don't know when the project is getting announced. I don't know when it's coming out. They keep saying soon. I love this fucking song. I have not stopped playing it since it came out. Then we have Immature by Flo. Flo is a really excellent new girl group um, from the UK. They are produced and a lot of their stuff is written by MNK, who I talked about with Nate Notes on that episode where I interviewed him and talked about his experience working with MNK. He is one of the most talented singers, songwriters, producers, artists to come out of the UK in the past 10 years. If you never heard his debut EP, Small Talk, I think that came out in 2015. It is absolutely fucking incredible. Get into that. He is producing this group of three girls. They're called Flow. Their first single, Cardboard Box, I talked about previously. Their new single is called Immature. And their EP, their debut EP, is called The Lead. It has five songs, including the two singles that I just mentioned. It is incredible. The video for Immature is incredible. It is so much Destiny's Child. It is so much JoJo. It is so much 2000s R&B. I cannot fucking get enough of it. The sounds, and it's all m and K. I know it. Like I know exactly what the fuck he's doing, and I am so in for it. I am buckled into this fucking ride. They are great. Their voices are excellent. Their look is excellent. They are exactly what pop music needs right now. And of course, they're from the UK because that's where all the talented bitches come from. I wasn't like super all in on the cardboard box music video. I liked the aesthetics of the 2000s. I liked that they had like the razor phone and they were doing that whole thing. But there wasn't really like moves or I don't know. I was just looking for something else. But the immature music video blew me away. The outfits, the sets, the looks, the choreography, everything I'm looking for. So fucking 2000s and so incredible. So make sure you check out Flow, their debut EP. Make sure you check out the video for Immature. They are out of control and they're going to have a big year, 100%. And lastly... 
is my boy S.G. Lewis, another fucking Brit. They're always they're always ahead of the curve. They're always fucking killing the game. S.G. Lewis is another artist I really love. His debut album came out last year. It was incredible. He's back with two new singles, which he put out simultaneously. One is called Something About Your Love. Love that 100%. But his song, Missing You, okay? If you have not heard this, this is the number one pick of this week. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, whatever your streaming service is. And if you don't know S.G. Lewis, look up S.G. Lewis. The song is called Missing You. It is 70s fucking disco funk. Everything that I love as far as the sounds, it's so up-tempo. It is a feel-good song for the summer. I, It's my song of the summer. That and the fucking Beyonce song are my songs of the summer. And everywhere I go, I'm going to threaten the DJ's life into playing this fucking song until it is number one on the Billboard charts in America. Missing you, S.G. Lewis. Every time this man puts out music, he levels up. Every time you think he can't top what he just put out, he finds a way to fucking do it. He is such an incredible producer. I'm not sure if the vocals on the song are him. I think they are. Nonetheless, fucking incredible. Best song of the week, probably of the past couple months. I, I cannot get enough of this song. It's literally fucking addicting. So look up Missing You by S.G. Lewis. And honestly, that's all I've got for you fucking bitches this week. My throat hurts from talking so much. I need a goddamn sip of my drink. Make sure, make sure you are tuning in to next week's episode because I am going to see The weekend in Philadelphia with my brother and I am taking you motherfuckers along with me. We have waited two years for this concert. It has been rescheduled twice since 2020 the venues have been moved into stadiums i fucking hate stadium concerts we'll talk about that at another time his first show of the tour just a couple days ago was postponed we'll also talk about that in next week's episode so this is the first show of the tour i don't know what the set list is i don't know what the show looks like i've normally now seen a hundred videos of the first few dates by the time i go i have never gone to a show of an artist I really fucking love without at least knowing the set list and probably seeing a million videos and having an idea of what's going to happen. Everything is a complete surprise. I am so anxious, excited, thrilled. I know it's going to be fucking fantastic. And I am taking you with us. <laughs> I am taking you with us on the trip to Philly to see the motherfucking weekend after two years of waiting to see these goddamn two brand new albums performed live. So make sure you don't miss that next Wednesday. As usual, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mickey Not the Mouse. Make sure you send me your stories of your bad dates, sexual experiences. <laughs> Serious shit you want to talk about, topics of self-help, um, things you talk about in therapy, love that. We will keep you anonymous if you tell me to do so, or I will shout you out if that's what you want. But if you don't want me to say your name and all that shit and fucking out you, I 100% take that seriously and I never would do that. Um, but like, I want to do more of that. I want to hear from you guys what you guys are dealing with 
questions you have. Maybe like you want to hear my take on things. I don't know why you would, but I don't know. Some people do. Anything you guys want to talk about on the show, you can DM it to me on Instagram or you can email me, notthemouseproductions at gmail.com. Wherever you are listening to this, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever the fuck else we are, because there's a bunch, iHeartRadio, I don't know. Leave a five-star review or a thumbs up. I think you can do that on Pandora. Leave a five-star review. Write something fucking nice, okay? Because obviously you enjoyed this if you listened to this goddamn hour and a half of me goddamn talking nonstop. Leave me a review, you inconsiderate, miserable bitch. (laughs) And I will see you hoes on the way to Philadelphia next week. Goodbye. Okay. We smoked Delta 8 Gorilla Gorilla Glue, which says it's... Wait. Which says, happy, euphoric, and relaxed. (laughs) Do you feel relaxed? No! I don't feel relaxed. I feel stressed and scared. And that never happens to me. However, I'm going to cry. Wait, about three minutes ago, I was like, I feel cool. I feel like I'm, the fuck you feel like I'm leveling. I did. Jokes on you, buddy. Dude, are we going to do a whole podcast about how like fucked up we get? No, this is only four minutes. I mean, I've never been like this. I've been smoking weed for a long time. This is different. I feel good. But it's different. Look. Look, I'm not lying to you. Happy, euphoric, and relaxed. My ass. I'm going back there for a fucking refund. I'm happy and euphoric, but not relaxed. Happy and euphoric, but not relaxed. Two out of three. Okay, two out of three. You know, okay. That's an excellent way to look at it. Everyone around us thinks we're on heroin. Everyone. No, if we were on heroin, we would be laying down. Any last words? Goodbye.